Hello and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and health. And today we are going to talk all about how to practice mantra meditation. Before we do that, I want to put in a short plug for the podcast network that the One Mind Podcast is part of called Podcastica and if you're a fan of shows like Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or if you are a podcaster yourself and you'd be interested in hearing interviews with other podcasters there's other shows on Podcastica that feature this kind of content and if that interests you I I encourage you to check it out head on over to podcastica.com okay So today I really want to share with you some of my more recent adventures in practicing mantra meditation. Mantra meditation, I have some experience with it and I've done it formally as part of a spiritual practice that I once uh, undertook, but it's been at least 20 years or maybe more like 18 years since I've practiced mantra meditation. So it's not something I've really done for quite a while and recently I had a strong inner compulsion to take up the practice again, to start doing a mantra-based meditation, and it's been amazing. And I wanted to share a little bit about that with you. So as a lot of you know, I lived in an ashram for upwards of 14 years, left the ashram about three years ago, and our whole life revolved around spiritual practice. We practice meditation for at least a minimum of two hours a day. And just to start the day, we did hundreds of prostrations before we did meditation. And and then we also chanted with mala beads. And our lives revolved around spiritual practice. That's what we talked about. That's what we studied. That's what we trained in. One time I meditated for 48 hours straight without sleeping. That is the longest time I've ever meditated. And of course, I got up to take short breaks, but it was a kind of quote-unquote meditation marathon, and it was an incredible experience. We would do all-nighters on a regular basis. We would meditate through the moonlit hours until the sun came back around and lifted us back into the day with our minds and our souls refreshed. We'd start often at midnight and then emerge at 6 a.m. And I always remember, interestingly, after after those all-night sojourns into spirit, it felt like, I don't know how to explain this, but it felt like someone tied bright red balloons to our backs. And, and we all just walked a little bit lighter. Our spirits were buoyed from the noble struggle that transpired overnight so that by the time I left the ashram, I definitely logged well over 10,000 hours of meditation. But for the most part, it was all the same type of meditation, the same practice. And we practiced something called free awareness meditation. And that, that means, in essence, that there's no anchor for your meditation per se. There's, it's also called meditation without seed. There's nothing to focus on. Instead, we just released our attention 
from the hypnotic flow of the thought stream. And we just, the practice was simply to let everything be as it is. So this kind of meditation is challenging because as thinking beings, we are not conditioned to let things just be. So on the contrary, we're taught from a very young age to reflect, to examine, to investigate, to pull apart, and to put back together. And we ruminate and we chew on the tough and the grizzled parts of our lives. And meditation, it's really training in the opposite of all of that. That's important to understand, especially if you're somewhat new to meditation or if you've been practicing for a couple of years and still find it challenging and struggle with it, it's important to always remember that context. When you meditate, you are stepping outside of the thought stream, as it were, and that goes against such deep conditioning. The conditioning that started from the moment we emerged and the moment our parents started to talk to us when we were, you know, when our brain was just processing our existence and putting words together and learning how to string sentences together. So remember that if you find meditation challenging. Meditation is training in the opposite of all of that intense cognitive training that we get through our schooling and through our upbringing. And let's just make this point. It's true we need to always refine and cultivate our cognitive capacities. That's incredibly important. But we also need to learn how to actively disengage from that same process, our cognitive engagement. We we need to learn how to actively disengage from our minds, our thought stream. Meditation is training in how to do that. So you're asking like, when are we going to get to the mantra part of this? So I'm just setting some context here. So, so hang in there with me. So there's free awareness meditation. That's the kind that I originally trained in at the ashram. And then there is the more common form of focused awareness meditation. And in that kind of meditation, you use an anchor to focus on during your practice. It can be a chant, a mantra, sensations in your body, your breath, anything, really. All of those are effective. Even when, at one point, I read a really powerful book about a Christian pilgrim, and he would always repeat this chant, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, I was baptized as a Christian and confirmed in the church, but I wasn't really ever a practicing Christian. But after I read that book, I started to do that chant and I couldn't stop. It was so powerful. It wasn't because of my beliefs in Christianity, as it were. It was really the power of the focus. It was the power of the mantra. And by extension, it was the power of having a single object, an anchor to focus your awareness. And so that is why focused awareness meditation practice is usually what you learn when you start on the spiritual path. You focus on something. So focused awareness meditation tends to be easier generally than free awareness. So here's why. 
your mind, my mind, is much better at focusing on something than nothing. Our minds are much better at focusing on something than no thing. And in the context of meditation, these just really, the truth is, these just represent two paths to the same ultimate goal, something and nothing, free awareness and focused awareness. You can focus on something or you can focus on nothing. But given the object-focused nature of our minds and our conditioning, it's really trickier to focus on nothing than something. So with that in mind, lately I've been playing around with this focused awareness meditation. I've been reciting a mantra. And it's a Tibetan Buddhist mantra which goes like this. You may have heard it. Om Mane Padme Hum. So this six-syllabled Sanskrit mantra is associated with the Tibetan Buddhist Bodhisattva of compassion. The first word, Om, is a sacred syllable found in Indian religions. The word Mani, Om Mani, means jewel or bead. Padme, Om Mani Padme, meaning the lotus flower, which is a, a sacred flower in Buddhism. And finally, Om Mani Padme Hum. Hum represents the spirit of enlightenment. For many of us, the goal of our meditation practice. So, as I was originally taught, the most important thing in practicing a mantra is your intention. It's not to get lost in the minutia of enunciation and pronunciation. It's really about giving all of yourself and bending your mind and your soul and all of your being completely to that chant, to the chanting of the mantra, whether silently or aloud. So let me tell you how I've been doing it. I've been saying this chant, and I start by saying it, saying it aloud, chanting it rhythmically for whatever, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And then I just let it get quiet, and the, t the, uh, the volume of the chant just goes lower and lower until I, I'm saying it silently, focusing on the area around my heart and letting the chant in a certain way issue forth spontaneously from the area of my heart. And I have been loving this. I've been practicing meditation regularly now for almost half of my life it's a huge habit. So trying this new style of meditation, it comes naturally for me because I'm, it's really sitting on a base of practice. And I think most people can relate to this. Having something to focus on during meditation, in this case a chant, well, it's like, it's like having a little vessel to sit in. When you're, when you're saying that chant and when you're doing this practice, you can fill that vessel with your entire being. You can, you can let go into it completely. And that vessel, that chant, that container, which is the chant, it can expand infinitely to contain the really unrestricted dimensions of our being. And, and from a certain point of view, it's just a little chant. But 
like a purring cat, my mind settles into it and just releases into the flow of the repetition over and over and over again. My mind wanders away. It goes to to to-do lists. It goes into lustful fantasies. It goes into making grand plans. It starts planning my book. And then I come back to the chant. That is the practice. And so, yes, my mind wandered. But the chant, it never stopped. I return to it then with fresh conviction every time I bring my attention back to that chant. And in those moments as I'm doing this practice, there's just no question, this is where I belong right now. Everything is just in its right place. It's like, it's as if you're in a rainstorm and suddenly the clouds part and the sun comes through and you realize, oh, it was just the clouds. The sun was here the entire time. That is what meditation is like. And that's like that moment when your mind wanders. And then you just bring it back to the chant. My entire being releases every time I come back into that chant. And every time my mind wanders and then I come back again, it releases more deeply. It's not just a kind of a ping pong match going back and forth. The thing is, every reassertion of that intention to come back to the chant and then doing that, it takes you deeper. It takes you deeper into the chant, but more specifically, it just takes you deeper into yourself, which is to say, it takes you deeper into life. It takes you deeper into everything. It takes you deeper into the undivided, continuous nature of existence where all those boundaries, they just fall away. So in that chant, there's this fresh conviction, this is where I belong right now. Everything is in its right place. There's noise, there's inner noise, and there's outer noise. But it doesn't matter because there's this pervading silence beneath the noise. And that pervading silence, like the chant, it never goes anywhere. And that silence, it's the fertile ground from which everything comes, including you and including me and including our awareness. And the chant, it's like a bridge that crosses the, what I would call, illusory the illusion of the boundary, the illusory boundary between these two worlds of noise and silence, activity and stillness, thought and space, contraction and release. And every time I come back to the chant, I remember myself. I rediscover reality completely free from the distorting prism of my mind. And then I fall deeper into that silence. And as you practice chanting like this, 
you get to the point where that noise, that noise that usually bothers you so much, the noise in your mind, which makes you vulnerable to the noise outside of your mind, you just don't care anymore. You don't, it doesn't bother you. You're rooted in a deeper place. And all of it is just one moment. All of it is just one event. There's no inner, there's no outer, there's no noise, there's no silence. It's just one continuum. And you are in that continuum. It's undivided. So there's this reunion that never gets old. It's eternal. It's the relative emerging and blending back with the absolute. It makes me think of the vivid green buds of spring that just explode into being. They explode and then they grow like crazy. And then they decay. And then they return to the soil only to come back out again in the spring. And it's that same rhythm that you encounter in meditation. And again, this is in free awareness, it's in focused awareness, it doesn't matter. But it's that action of letting go again and again and again, where you really cut to the quick of life and you find yourself right in the middle of everything, right at the center. And it's a funny thing, right? Because that center is everywhere. It's everything. And in reality, it's like this for me. Chanting this mantra is a meditation on the rhythm of life. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the One Mind Meditation Podcast. If you want to learn more about mantra meditation, I've included some links over in the show notes, which you can find at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 67. And while you're over there, if you haven't already, be sure to pick up our free series of guided meditations and a three-part meditation seminar called Meditation for Life. These are some great resources for both new and intermediate meditators. So check those out. They're free, free resources. I think you'll like that. And then also, if you're a fan of the show, you know what helps us out a lot? Leaving a rating and a review over on iTunes. Funny, right? I mean, I'm always shocked, but one review makes a huge difference in getting the word out to other meditators about our show. That just seems to be how it works. So yeah, that's a huge help. If you want to support the show, please leave us a star rating and a review over on iTunes. And you can do that by heading over to aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes. And finally, let's end with a quote. And this one is from the anonymous author of the book I mentioned, The Way of a Pilgrim. And the author writes, The trouble is that we live far from ourselves 
and have but little wish to get any nearer to ourselves. Indeed, we are running away all the time to avoid coming face to face with our real selves, and we barter the truth for trifles. <laughs>